Hi, this is Ray Chase, and you're listening to the Sound Architect Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Sound Architect Podcast. I am Sam Hughes, and as you heard, I am joined by the wonderful Ray Chase. Thanks for joining us today, Ray. How are you? Thanks. Of all the adjectives, I appreciate wonderful. It's a good <laughs> I bring as many as I can to the party. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so you're doing well in sunny LA? Yes, it's quite beautiful out here. Apparently, we're going to get a super bloom because of all of the rain that we've had the past couple of months. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, see all the flowers and get all the allergies. Oh, yeah, nice. All that pollen count. <laughs> so before we talk about your recent role in Final Fantasy XV, um, tell us about how your acting career began. For me, it was... Um... It was a long and windy road, like I'm sure most um, voice actors you've talked about. It was, uh, went to, to college for acting and film, and I, I did a bunch of odd jobs, but I always was able to do at least a little bit of voice acting on places like Voice123. Um, yeah. These little $100 jobs, um, working on indie games, uh, going to GDC every year, stuff like that. Um, that was about eight years ago when I first started. And uh, just gradually, I did uh, audiobooks. Uh, there was oh, this nice. time when uh, Audible was just doing the most audiobooks in the world. They was trying to get 100,000 in their title. And so I did about 150 just because people were clamoring for audiobooks. Wow. They didn't care how much experience you had. And so I started with no experience. But uh, uh, towards the end, I got um, a couple of awards and stuff. So it was, uh, oh, it was worth it in the end. It was pretty cool. Um, and then I went to, from that, I started getting into, because doing audiobooks, there's some things that are good about it, and there's a, some things that are really, <laughs> uh, being alone for that amount of time is not fun. Um, I had a little four foot by four foot booth at home, and uh, just being crammed in there all day alone recording books that you haven't chosen is yeah. really tough. So I started getting into voice acting where you had people there, animation and video games and things like that. I was always able to do commercials. Um, I've, I've done, been the voice of Coke Zero for a while. Uh, I do a bunch of Welch's commercials, Corona, all that sort of stuff. This new endeavor was hard to do just because you have to, you have to have connections and you have to have an agent who gets you those auditions and then you have to actually book those auditions. Yeah, sure. So it was a, that was a long journey. It was about three years, but um, about two years in, that's when I booked Final Fantasy and um, a lot of other Square games. And uh, and they've all started to come out around the same time. So this last, uh, this last six month period, there's been a whole bunch of video games that I've been in, which is nice. Um, so that's basically my journey. And right now, just kind of, Still navigating uh, uh, work and uh, and and making it uh, making it a feasible career. Yeah, well, that's the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about the audiobook side because I, a lot of our listeners may know, but um, audiobooks are such a different beast, aren't they? Yes, absolutely, and a totally different industry than the voice acting industry, which I found out later. <laughs> <laughs> found out the hard way, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really curious into what kind of audiobooks you did and what kind of style it was, because obviously. Did you have to remember each and every character? Well, it depended on I. When you do that many, you can really experiment on anything. And I've done every single genre. I've done every single uh, type of book, uh, lengthwise and multicast and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it depended on my first books. I would do all of the voices, whether it was appropriate or not. Just 
for practice. Yeah. Um, and I would narrate entire books in an accent just for practice, that sort of stuff, if it was appropriate. Yeah. Um, it was a learning curve for a while. The remembering what characters will come and bite you in the ass if you do a series and oh, are yeah. separated by years and you go, oh man, I do not remember this guy or was this guy. I did one book uh, series called Breakers, which was nine books long over the course of about three years. And that was, was a really good series, but there were, the author did things where you didn't know what character was speaking. And I, I did full voices for that one. You didn't know what character was speaking. You didn't know, uh, there was sometimes he would say in book eight, a mysterious character would show up and you wouldn't know who it was. And so you go, well, who, uh, ah! and so you <laughs> what the heck this person was and try to take your stab at it. And then it turns out to be this person. And then you're like, okay, well, wait, was that, did that person have a voice or was that? And you have to go, you don't know what book they were in. So that was really tough. That was, uh, that was the hardest I've ever had to do with voices. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Uh, audiobooks have always sounded like the most intense voice work to me. Yeah. It's really rough. So would you say there was like a big break or like a turning point that changed your career? No, uh, it really was a lot of, a lot of little victories, um, that, that added up, which was good. Yeah. It was always just trying to get, make enough money so that I wouldn't have a day job. That was always the dream. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was, um, and then there's always new projects. Like right now, I've been doing anime for the past couple of years, but haven't really done much. So uh, I'm going to conventions, realizing how much uh, how much that is worth, and saying, "Man, I really want to do more anime." But it's just saying you want to do it doesn't mean that you necessarily get to do it. So course, yeah. I feel like that's that's my new project right now, and uh, and breaking into animation, which is very difficult. Yeah, which I have to say, recently I heard you in the Seven Deadly Sins as Hauser, and it was brilliant. Thank you. That was one of those shows that we had no idea would be popular. Yeah, I love it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese side was not very well received. And so we were like, oh, yeah, I guess this is just a, some some little project that we're doing. Um, but uh, I guess because Netflix put it front and center yeah. and we were the default voices, then great. That's awesome. A lot of people <laughs> Yeah, so with um, Seven Deadly Sins, I have a curious question, and you may or may not know, um, but is there a reason that season two is only four episodes? That's not season two. That's right. called Sides of Holy War. It's a bunch of OVAs. Right, okay. They've just called it season two on Netflix to confuse Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not season two. Right, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> yes. So is there a moment so far that you would say you're most proud of? Hmm... You know what's cool? I'm when you're doing this career, you get to voice a bunch of new characters because it's that's what they're casting is all these new guys, yeah. and it's been really cool to do a whole bunch of new ones. But I was so excited to be able to play Roy from Fire Emblem. Oh uh, yeah, that was one I actually grew up playing, and it, he never had an English voice. So that was a for Nintendo to give me that opportunity was just incredible. I was I was very excited about that. That's pretty awesome. And you've yeah. also recently been in Mass Effect Andromeda as well, haven't you? That's correct. Yeah, that was a fun one. Bioware is really, really good to work with. 
Yeah, because um, you're a, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the race, sorry. An Ongaran. Ongaran, yeah, that's right. That must yeah. be quite interesting to do. <laughs> yeah, Efra de Tershov. And we did, uh, we did a number of accents. I went in uh, about three times, uh, all with different accents. We started out with an African accent, and then a... Um, and then a Russian accent, and then finally ended up being the Australian that is in the uh, in the fu- the finished game. That was nice. one where we do a, a lot of exploring who this character was, which was cool. Yeah. Now accents are a really great skill set to have for a voice actor. Would you say you can do quite a lot of accents, or is there some key ones that you're great at? I can definitely do a lot. There was a there was a um, book I just fell in love with in high school called Accents: A Manual for Actors by Robert Blumenfeld. And it was, it just broke down a ton of accents and a lot of rare ones and, and fun ones. And it was, uh, it was so helpful to me just to play around. I I spent an entire summer with that book, doing nothing but study that book. And, um, it really helped me break me out of my shell say like, okay, let's get used to talking as a different accent for a long period of time right. and remember the rules and intricacies and the whys. It's not just, oh, they say they say it this way um, uh, because they feel like it. It's, no, here's why. Here's Let's do a bunch of sentences in the language so you can hear what, uh, hear what mistakes they're trying to avoid. Because nobody wants to have an accent. They're trying to avoid having an accent. Oh, of course. Um, but, there's, but because of certain ingrained parts of the language, uh, they end up having, uh, these habits. And so being able to put some context into it, into it was wonderful. Yeah, definitely. And do you have a, okay. So it's, it's kind of two parts to this question. Do you have a favorite to listen to? And do you have a favorite to do? I don't know if I have a favorite to listen to, um, uh, or a favorite to do. I'd say, I'd say I really enjoy, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy what, what, what you can do with them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I was just curious because obviously some people are like, oh, I love the French accent or I love this accent. Yeah, I don't know. I guess because I learned them all sort of at once. I was, I was introduced to them all at once. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, they're just uh, they're just all great. They're lots of fun. Is there one that you find the most challenging? Uh, there's definitely ones that I struggle with. The The hardest is is the there's the loop where it's it's cockney to australian <laughs> uh, where you just you just get stuck and you're like damn it i i accidentally triggered my cockney accent now yeah. uh, speaking australian and that's tough yeah well they're closely linked aren't they like the english accents and the australian accents obviously are very very close very close yeah but there's something about rp that makes it different i don't have a, i don't have a problem with I, don't, I never get rp in there but 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 cockney and, and australian always are very similar to me yeah, I think it's something to do with the looseness. I suppose RP is a bit tighter, if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and it has pure vowels, yeah. uh, whereas uh, they, the uh, Cockney and, and, and uh, Australian would have these diphthongs and triphthongs where you just get you just get lost. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I'm going to have to ask what your English accent's like. Maybe an RP or a Cockney. Well, well, RP is is right here. I mean, if, to me, it's one of the one of the most beautiful accents in the world, wouldn't you say? Wow, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> that's very impressive. <laughs> the hardest part is there's the new accent. So, uh, well, that's RP. But if I was just to talk like an like an Englishman, it's hard because I've got your accent in my head too. But say this would be uh, a regular person from from London, right? 
just someone who's who's talking off the street, not trying to do an RP or anything like that. Yeah. But that one's hard. It's the new accent that like um, I forget what it's called, but it's it's um, the one that Ricky Gervais has. What is oh, that? Oh right, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I know which one you mean. But it's very common these days. Uh, Sussex or somewhere? I forget what the heck it's called. Um, but that one, uh, a lot of people have. A lot of normal people have. Yeah. Uh, there's no class or anything associated with like an RP would. Um, so that one is that one's useful, but hard to pin down for me. Yeah, I mean, I find accents fascinating in general because obviously I've moved around and I don't really have a regional accent anymore. I sound from the south, but I don't really have a specific area, you know. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on from accents, because I could talk about them all day myself. Um, <laughs> how did you first get involved with Final Fantasy XV then? What was the audition process like? That one was, it was just a, um, a cattle call audition. Um, and I had worked really hard on it. Um, I was sent out for Noctis, Ignis, and Gladio. Yeah. And uh, I spent a lot of time on that. Was called back. For a callback 10 days later, uh, it was my first ever callback. I was super, super nervous. So nervous, in fact, that I did poorly on it, I found out later. Um, and that was in person. And I was the first time that I was in, like, a video game studio. And it was crazy. Oh, wow. And um, and then I found out 10 days afterwards that I had gotten cast, which was amazing. I was brought in, and we worked on what the voice sounded like which uh, we weren't quite sure exactly how much of a badass he was or what kind of voice we wanted. Um, so we we had, so we did kind of like a younger voice, then we did kind of an older, gruffer voice. And mm. the gruff voice won out, and we put that in the demo. And then the demo came out about five months later, and uh, to mixed reception about the voice. And right, the okay. director, the... Um, uh, uh, Hajime Tabata, the director of the game, said, find a new actor. And fortunately, Rocket Sound and Keith Farley and Danny Noe uh, all said, hold on a second, Ray can do another voice uh, or many other voices. Why don't you ask him to uh, re-audition? And that saved my life. That was uh, incredible of them to say that because there have been some games I'm in where you get recast and you just, you just you have no idea. You just, yeah. the game. And you go, oh, man, dang it. I wish I had, was given a shot to do it again. Um, so that one, the fact that I had this, I had a month-long re-audition process. It was very harrowing. But uh, eventually I got it with the different voice that you hear today. So it was a, it was a, that was also a long and winding road. What was the original brief of the voice then for the audition? It was, they were looking for a rock star, like a Kurt Cobain sort okay. of thing. It was, there was a lot of lines. There was maybe 20 lines or so, um, none of which we became in the final game. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, they had the, they had his name. They had what, uh, what he was uh, all about. They wanted a, they wanted a realistic portrayal, not a, your typical JRPG protagonist. Yeah, and I'm quite impressed as well because obviously uh, I've only heard your voice as Noctis before or Hauser, and uh, you you have a slightly deeper register than I was expecting in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mo a lot of my characters are deeper. I don't know if you've seen One Punch Man, but I play Pori Pori Prisoner, who's way down here. Oh wow! Yeah, I do a lot of those guys. Uh, I even played Arbiter from Halo on Killer Instinct. Oh cool! Uh, Keith David, who's who's here. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of deep voices that I do too. 
Yeah, that's an impressive range. Have you worked on that? Or is that something that you've had naturally? Or I think I, I've definitely worked on it. I mean, I took voice classes in college. And I've just always, ever since I was a kid, I've been always playing around with my voice. So um, I think that just came with, with time. Yeah, yeah. And um, speaking of just while we're on the subject of acting classes, how much kind of acting training have you had? Uh, quite a lot. I mean, that was from middle school. I, I started acting. but uh, And then high school, uh, I did it all, all the way through. And then college was when I really took it seriously. Um, and I even studied abroad in London. Oh, wow. Really? Whereabouts? British American Dramatic Academy. And that was great because you got to see theater every single week. It was really, really amazing. So, uh, yeah, theater has always been a huge part of my life. And in theater, you're always you're able to play not your age or what you look like. You're able to play whatever. Yeah. So with that, you're able to experiment with your voice a whole lot. Yeah, I can imagine you went through a lot of different stages. Yeah. Okay, so jumping back to Final Fantasy XV then, what was the most unique part about that project compared with other VO gigs? That was amazing because it was, it was uh, two years long and we really got all the information we needed for it, which was great. You don't always get that with, with video games, but for that game in particular, we were always, I, if I had questions, they always had, they knew what it was, they knew the context. Um, it was it was great to just have all the information handy. That yeah. was a wonderful project to work on. It does not happen very often. No, I was gonna say, were you fully aware of everything throughout? Because a lot of the time, obviously, you don't have a lot of the information, as you're saying. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's tough, because, Again, when you when you're doing theater or film, you've got the script. You're able to you're memorized. You know it inside out. Uh, whereas with video games, you go in and you go, I have no idea what this character is. <laughs> it looks like it's it's tough to find out information. That's the hardest thing about working in video games for sure. Oh, yeah, and it's it's kind of I suppose the one key difference to other mediums is that you have to really yes. draw a lot on your own, you know, on yourself. Well, yeah, or just kind of take shots in the dark. Yeah. So do you have a favorite scene or anything that you're most happy with in Final Fantasy XV that you really thought, man, that was good? Oh, there's, uh, yeah, there's lots of really good stuff. I, it's interesting going back because they also went through with a fine-toothed comb with that game. So, uh, so for example, we played Final Fantasy X and it's very clear they did not have the budget to go back for retakes because there were right. things that clearly don't work. But they just couldn't go back with this one because we were working on it for such a long uh, period of time, a dilated period of time. We were able to come back to do new chapters, but also pick up retakes that they had played through and said, OK, this didn't this didn't work out very well. Right. So it was good watching it because then I got to say, oh, yeah, these were all these all work. These all work just fine. So that was nice. I, I wasn't so uh, self-critical like it can be with uh, with other things that have worked on. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And one of my favorite things about Final Fantasy XV is the the interactions between the four main guys. And some yeah. of the interactions you guys have together are amazing. Um, I suppose my first question is, did you all get along great in real life and have some of those really good chemist, uh, kind of good chemistry <laughs> moments? And It's always a question that I'm asked. And, uh, and no, not, a, not in any way. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we had not met at all until just about the end of the game yeah. uh, when we were recording maybe the last couple of months. Uh, and we had to really make an effort to say like, okay, Adam's coming in after me. I'm going to stick around after lunch and see if I can come in so I can say hi. Wow. Um, so uh, Robbie, who's Prompto, we had become friends early on. Um, 
we we had worked on a bunch of other projects at the same time so we saw each other um normally just uh, at work but uh but chris and adam we i i did not i met only um two three times maybe at the most and only for a few minutes at a time the uh director keith was very good at making sure it sounded like we were all together yeah. that was the, the fine-toothed comb where you'd go back and because uh, we would record out of order, you would say, okay, um, hey, we're kind of getting used to what this scene is. Uh, Adam, you're recording it first, so put in your line. And then we would all do our lines over the course of the next week. And then they'd go back and listen to the scene and say, oh, wait a minute, we were totally wrong when we recorded Adam. Let's have him redo his line because it doesn't make sense in the context of when the other guys said their lines. Yeah. So that was, that was all the director to make it sound like we uh were super close friends yeah because i mean that was going to be the next part of my question because in most video games obviously you're just alone in a booth either responding to a pre-recorded yeah version of the other character or just you're the first one <laughs> yeah exactly and we had what's cool is keith can do good impressions of all of us oh really so, uh, could, yeah awesome. he could uh he's a voice actor too he plays um uh, thane krios in uh mass effect 2 and 3 oh nice uh, yeah and kellogg from fallout 4 so he's, he's a really good actor um, and uh, director and writer. He also wrote Bat Boy. He's such a weird oh, life. Uh, he's an amazing guy. Um, so uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, sometimes you get Keith reading you in, which is really nice because he's good at doing everyone's voices. Or you'd get to hear some of the other characters. And so you'd be able – they'd always read you in if they had someone at least. Yeah. And would you say there was anything that was the biggest challenge about Final Fantasy XV? It was a challenge, but also a blessing was being able to play an arc of a character, to play someone from start to finish. Mm. Uh, that was really, it's it's challenging to make sure, you know, okay, where are we in the story? What What is he going through? What has he gone through? How would he feel about these things? Um, to really develop a character over the course, uh, and not just ages, too. Oh, yeah, so, of course. Uh, changing his voice and mannerisms up from start to finish uh, is challenging but really fun that's the kind of thing that I look forward to and that was actually going to be my next question about developing the character because obviously I mean without any spoilers that um, he goes through a lot and he does absolutely as you say there's that um, you know that he ages quite a bit throughout as well um, yeah. and before and after that aging process what, what did you do to kind of think about what you were going to do with the voice in this new setting like oh wow he's now aged this much and he's been through this he's done all that and he's become this the good thing is i had a jumping off point because it was very similar to the voice we used in the episode the sky the older rougher more badass voice right and um and settled because younger noctis is not he's just kind of a kid he's not really settled in what he's doing and what he wants to do he's kind of an iffy guy um but after that all of his lines are very direct because he's had a lot of time to think about it. Yeah, I suppose he's just got to that point where he, he has become who he's going to be. Yeah. So you were actually in the UK recently, weren't you? You came, you gave us a, bit, a brief visit. I was, yeah, for about uh, 10 or 12 days. It was quite, uh, quite awesome. I went to Cornwall, which I've never been to, and that was wonderful. Yeah, it's a beautiful area of the country. And will you be joining us again at any point? Joining the English? Yes. Of course. Uh, there's always a reason to go out there. There's lots of mocap that goes out there. So I don't have any plans right now, but uh, but I'll always come back to England. 
Excellent. Good to hear. Now, we've spoken a lot about Final Fantasy XV. What else lies in the future for you now that you can tell us about? Um, well, not a whole lot. Uh, there's, it's the thing where right now we're on a strike, so it's been a bit of a, oh, an yeah. odd uh, scheduling thing. And uh, it's been going on for a while. So there's some games that I'm working on, but nothing huge because no one's really working on anything huge right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's nothing nothing really going on with the video games. A couple of animated uh, opportunities, but for now it's a lot of anime and commercials. But you also do a Twitch stream, right, called Loud, Annoying, and Very Annoying? That is correct. Um, Prompto's voice actor, Robbie Damon, and Saitama from One Punch Man, uh, Max Middleman, we uh, we all got together every week. We started, we did one with Adam Crosdell, just on a whim. Um, we just did this um, stream where we all played through Final Fantasy, and we had Ignis, uh, we tried so desperately to make Ignis say that he had come up with a new recipe, but he wouldn't. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, that spread like wildfire, and so we said, well, okay, let's let's just keep doing this every week. It's been a huge learning curve getting around the technology of of streaming games, which is quite complicated. Oh yeah! But we have uh, we now are in the groove of it, and we get together every Friday. Although we've had some Wednesdays uh, as well. Uh, we're at Loud Annoying on Twitch, and we have Overwatch, or we call it Lava Watch, uh, <laughs> and we. For the next seven weeks, we have uh, guests on from Overwatch. We play Overwatch with them. And then you can join us and join our uh, uh, friends network, and then we can play. You get to play with – we had Torbjorn on last week. We'll have uh, Chris Parsons, who's Junkrat, as well as Gladio uh, this week. So uh, so tune in for that. That's a fun little project we've been doing. We'll definitely provide some links below for that. That sounds incredible. Great. Thank you so much. Okay, so I have a fun question to finish off with now. Please? If you could hang out with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? Hang out? Wow. It's a bit of a toughie, I know, to throw in at the end. That is a really, that is quite a toughie. I would want to get to know Peter Sellers. I thought he, he was a, he was someone who uh, was a big influence on me with all the voices he had done. I would want to, to talk to him about, uh, about life, the universe and everything. Yeah, excellent choice. I bet you'd have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you today, Ray. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to speak to you again soon. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Sound Architect podcast, sponsored by Krotos Limited, creators of Simple Monsters and Dehumanizer. Don't forget, you can also catch all of our great reviews and other articles at our website at www.thesoundarchitect.co.uk. If you would like to support The Sound Architect, please check out our sponsorship link as well as our Patreon.